0: So we're continuing our series in Explore God. This is uh, actually the conclusion of our series. My name is Ed Stetzer. I'm the uh, interim teaching pastor here, and I'm excited to be able to share with you really to address the question, can I know God personally? Can I know God personally? Because ultimately, I mean, there could be a God out there. He could have started the universe and got it spinning on its axis and kind of went on his way and has other things to do, other places to go and people to see. But the real question is, is can I know God personally? And for a lot of us, we sort of recognize that the world does not seem it is as it should be, right? Maybe we don't feel at home here. Maybe it's maybe far from its intended purpose. Maybe I'm far from my intended purpose and design. Uh, you know, some, some maybe feel like we've got it together completely. and But deep down, we maybe know we don't. Maybe some of us feel like our hope is rooted in others' opinions of us, our success or our family some feel maybe we're captives to our own emotions and our own fickle hearts we're lost in a lot of ways we've already sung about that in our service to today and today and and we're lost in many ways and need to come back home matter of fact we're actually created and designed to be home and united with god but We find ourselves without Christ, distant from him. We need to be brought back. And through Christ, we're gonna see, God changes us from estranged orphans to adopted children. How can we relate to this God who is both invisible and big? I mean, think about this. How do I relate to the invisible God, the God that I do not see? But even if I could, how do I relate if God is as vast as Christians claim that he is? Over the last few weeks, we've gone through and looked at many attributes or questions or discussions about who God is and what He's done. We've looked at, can, can it be true that, that Jesus died for our sins? We, we've looked at, can it be true that, that, that ultimately there is a God when there's evil and brokenness in the world? We've looked at lots of different questions. And if this is your first time here or you're joining us online, I want to invite you to watch these as you go through. And remember, too, that our intent is not that we would have addressed the fullness of every issue. But if you go to the Moody Church website, right, you just go there and you'll see the link for Explore God. You can click there and find out more where there's lots of discussion going on. So let's take a look today. I want us to kind of walk through something about this theme of what it means and where we are and how we're to be restored. And we're going to look at four things today that I think will help us do that. And They're going to be built around the idea of being adopted right we're gonna be built around the idea of how through christ god changes us from estranged orphans to adopted children we're gonna look at various verses and we'll just turn through them as we go if you don't have a bible there's one there in the seats or you can look on with the screen uh with me so let's take a look at number one where this all began and what we were supposed to be doing number one starts with is that we are created right can i go god personally i gotta start with the idea that I was created, men and women were created to know Him personally. Created to know Him personally. Right, why, what happened then, right? In the midst of all these things, it seems so strange today, right? There's, it, it seems to like something's wrong, you know, something, something's missing, right? There's uh, a line from a movie that says, what you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life and there's something wrong with the world you don't know what it is but it's like it's like there like a splinter in your mind driving you mad well why is that the case because we were created for something different than we are experiencing it's not supposed to be like this we're supposed to be in this right relationship with god that's the original intent but something happened but let's not move quickly from there genesis 1:27 explains that original intent It says this, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we were created in the image of God to be in a relationship with this loving God. We were created to know God, to walk with God. And then something's wrong because for so many, they're not walking in relationship with God. Yet, there's a God-shaped hole in all of us. We try to fill it with other things. We try to fill it with maybe, uh, maybe pleasure or wealth or success or, or whatever else we search for. Maybe it's, it's tradition or some religion or practice. We try to fill the God-shaped hole in all of us, but we are meant to reflect the image of God in a relationship with Him. We're meant to know God personally. When I was a kid, I grew up on Long Island outside of New York City, and I grew up uh, Catholic. And a lot of people have different experiences growing up. My, my experience may not be a universal experience for everybody, but, but we didn't participate much. We didn't go to church, maybe except on Christmas and Easter. And when we went then, it was begrudgingly, and, and, uh, and, and it led to a lot of arguments in our family. So I didn't have a, a fond experience even going to church on the days that we went. But I, I, I kind of, again, my experience may be different than others, but here was my experience. I knew that there was a God. But I couldn't really know him personally and I knew he wrote a book and I just couldn't really understand it so that was kind of my religious upbringing there was a God but I couldn't know him personally he wrote a book but I couldn't understand it anyway but later I learned that's not exactly right later I learned that there is an opportunity there's a well something we respond to by grace and through faith so we enter into that relationship with God now if it is possible indeed For you and I to have a relationship with the creator of all the universe who created us for his purposes, then our response ought to be, well, what a joy to enter into that relationship. See, we're not left alone. We're not unnamed. We're not orphans. Through Christ, God changes us from estranged orphans to adopted children. And as an adopted child, I can know him, love him, learn from his word, and more. But something happened in that reality. We're no longer named in that relationship. Without Christ, we're not really children of God in the sense that is described in the Bible. So if number one is created, that's the created order, the state in which we were brought to be, what does that mean for us? It doesn't end there, right? Goes from created to separated. So we go from created to separated, something happens and it impacts really everything. Right, so something happened, something has been uh, taken, something has been lost. We sing about being lost and then found. I once was lost, but now I'm found, the hymn writer would write. So So what happens? What happened to get us to the state where we are estranged orphans rather than adopted children? Well, it's this thing called sin. So sin, which I have done and do and you have done and do, sin is a real thing and it separates us from god in isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 and 2 the writer puts it this way says behold the lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save or his his ear dull that it cannot hear but your iniquities which is like sins or trespasses but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your god and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. What a, what a strong word to express. So now, because of sin, he does not hear. Now God, in a sense, is aware of everything, but our sin has created a chasm between us and God. Our right, right relationship has been removed. Our title as, as, as children of God have been, has been removed. There are a couple of famous cities, excuse me, buildings, many, many famous buildings in Chicago. But one of them is at 875, maybe you've heard of this building. I think some of you actually live in this building. 875 North Michigan Avenue. What's the name of that building? Can you shout it out? I hear John Hancock, a couple of Sears Tower, but mostly John Hancock. By the way, it's a little, we're a little bitter about the whole Willis thing, so it's still Sears for us. So 875 North Michigan Avenue is actually not named the Hancock Building. Now, I know some of you are like, well, wait, Ed, you're wrong. It is. Actually, it used to be. Uh, about a year ago, they decided they didn't want to have their name connected to that building anymore. Now, we're still calling the Willis Tower the Sears Tower, so I'm pretty sure that's not going to stop us from calling it the Hancock Building. But the reality is, is it is right now, the technical legal name of that is 875 North Michigan Avenue. It's a nameless building looking for somebody to be named. We live in a city where one of our most famous buildings no longer has a name. It has not yet been adopted. Right now, it's separated from its own identity. Now, why does that matter for us? Because that's kind of the state of the world in so many ways with... Out Christ, right? We have been separated from our rightful identity. Now, we can pretend, you and I, that that's still the John Hancock building. We can pretend that, but it's not, and, it's, and it's, there's no signs in it. There's no logos in it. There's nothing in there that says that anymore. But part of the reality to beginning to address the separation is to acknowledge that it exists. 875 North Michigan Avenue needs somebody to adopt it. Now, I'm not sure who that's gonna be. I've been debating it myself. We call it the Stetzer Building, right? Wouldn't that be a nice name for it? Birchie, Bill Birchie's like, let's call it the Bill Birchie Building. And so everyone sort of wants that, right? But the reality is, is that separation is real and we should acknowledge and feel that as well, that there's something not right in the world in general, but then it's not right in us without a relationship with God the Father, we are, Alienated from the spiritual relationship with our Heavenly Father. Now, that's a significant reality. Uh, when you don't have that, you're as one without a father. Now, again, the Bible refers to this as orphans. Now, today we think of orphans and we think of the opportunities that God has blessed us with to serve widows, orphans, and others. And we think that we want to live in a world where we make that reality as as, uh, as supported as possible, but it wasn't always that way. Donna, my wife, and I were visiting Halifax, Nova Scotia not that long ago, maybe a couple years ago, and she's Canadian uh, by birth, and I, I speak Canadian, so it works out pretty well in our marriage. <laughs> eh? Um, so, so, there's the equivalent of Ellis Island there. It's called Pier 21, and it's in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's where... Like my ancestors came in through some of my ancestors came in through Ellis Island. Some of them jumped off the boat, swam to shore because they were waiting to be arrested. But that's another story about my family's heritage that I probably shouldn't have vocalized. But um, but my Donna, my wife, we went to Pier 21, kind of unaware of maybe some of the details of how her family got here. Her grandfather, Grandpa Hop, she called him, didn't talk. That was his last name. Didn't talk a lot about his childhood. Matter of fact. Donna said, I've never heard him talk about his childhood. He asked, she asked her mother, said, I'd never heard him talk about his childhood either. So we went to Pier 21, and like they have at these Ellis Island kind of places, they, they look up who you are by your ancestry. And so in, they pull out this information. Donna gives the information about her grandfather, and they look it up on some, a computer and look at a file that points to an old photograph of a former record. And then they say to us, we're standing right there, they say to us, hold on just a second, we'll be right back. And it was kind of a strange thing because the person seemed concerned. The person seemed uh, concerned for, for us. And so he went away and brought somebody else back with him and said, hey, we wanted you to know that your grandfather was part of what's called the home of waifs and strays in England. And they tried to explain that to us, that counselors were available if we wanted to process this information because we found out that the home of waifs and strays would be poor children on the streets of London would be swooped up and and we see movies about this, right? We see movies of old England and they would be taken without their knowledge permission and sometimes they weren't even orphans and, and they were taken to Canada, brought through Pier 21 and forcibly resettled as the children of families across Canada. It wasn't always a good thing. Matter of fact, a lot of bad things happened to those children. But it's interesting because, you know, in the in the US, I don't know that we would have had counselors standing by. But in Canada they had counselors standing by. You see the acknowledgement that maybe even your family was orphaned is something that indeed catches your attention. But for most of us, being spiritually orphaned is not something that we get up and think about. But the reality is, is that if we understand the teachings of the Bible, we are spiritually separated from our Heavenly Father, which makes us, without a relationship with Christ, without a relationship with the Father, makes us spiritually orphaned. Now, don't miss this, right? Because this separation between us and our Heavenly Father is mentioned clearly in Scripture, but it's also reflected in culture you ever noticed how often our culture points to the reality that the separation from your father is something that, well, breaks a heart or creates a film or causes a book? I I remember sitting down with my daughters and my three daughters, we were watching a lot of uh, the Disney princess films. Yesterday, I was setting up an old, uh, I, I never throw away a piece of electronic equipment, so I have this old... Uh, CD player that I, I, I found and said, so We're going to still use it in here, but we needed to find this thing called a, a CD. <laughs> Maybe you've seen these things before. Um, they're kind of akin to VHS tapes now. So we got this CD, and the one we found was one of the Princess songs, right? A Whole New World. And so my daughter Kristen was home. She's, she was off of college, that long distance she lives away from us to go to college, those whole four blocks. And she came home, and so we started singing this, these songs. But you know what all of these Disney princess movies have in common? There's a relational problem with a father in almost all of them. So I had to explain to my daughters one day, I said, you know, movies are pretty much about fathers and their estrangement to their children. Let me, let me give you an example, right? Star Wars, Luke and Darth Vader, Field of Dreams, the Lego movie, Finding Nemo. Indiana Jones, Avengers Infinity War, Taken, How to Train Your Dragon, Talladega Nights, A Few Good Men, Elf, Rudy, Back to the Future, every movie in the Marvel Universe. (laughs) Every single Disney princess movie, and even the most recent Christian movie, I can only imagine. You see, the world, even in cinema, reflects the reality that there's a brokenness, and I believe that points to a brokenness of a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Again, what you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, and there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there like a splinter in your mind driving you mad, Morpheus said in a movie. See, I don't want you to miss this. Estrangement from your earthly father is a natural and sometimes even a common thing, but adoption by your heavenly father is a supernatural thing. See, I too was dealt with some estrangement from an earthly father. Now, uh, mind you, that was part of my own journey. And, and part of the reality is is I had some, I had some issues with my dad and then I had, a, I had a stepfather and more. Well, actually, let me just show you. This, this was me. This was me. And my head has been the same size my entire life. <laughs> I mean, look at the size of that head. I'm like a creature from Star Trek. Um, I had to grow the rest of my body to match my head. When I was a little baby, my head would just have to be lifted up by my parents because it was disproportionately large. So here I was, you know, I had issues with my dad, I had issues with my stepdad, and as you can see, I, I had issues with the size of my head. My, my high school nickname was Pumpkinhead. And so that's, people are mean in high school. You wouldn't say that to me, would you? I'm looking at you, Bill Birchie. <laughs> Counting on you. I'm revealing a little bit of myself here, Birchie. You can say, I know those shoes, really big collars. That was a big issue back then. And, and tying ties was not my strength back then either. But, but listen, I want you to miss this. I was literally the redheaded stepchild. Like literally, that's what I was, redheaded stepchild. So i got to tell you this, when you look at these realities, estrangement from your earthly father is a natural thing, but adoption by your heavenly father is a supernatural thing. But I was adopted. I was adopted into the family of God, not by my stepfather, not even by my father, but by God the Father, and that reshaped my life. Being adopted by my heavenly father became the changing point of my life, even to the point that I could reconcile both with my stepfather and my father, because through Christ, God changed Changes us from estranged orphans to adopted children. And on August 13th, decades ago, I heard the good news of the gospel, and I heard the pastor say that you could receive by grace and through faith. I don't even remember all the exact words, but I remember the song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, and I did, and at that moment I was adopted, and yes, I had a personal relationship with a loving Heavenly Father. See, that changes everything. So as we've walked through this series, you can reflect on the reality that without Christ, we have a broken relationship with our Heavenly Father. But the good news is, is that His desire is that we might respond by grace and through faith and be adopted as His children, returning to the right state that our creation put before us we're created to be in a relationship with God. So I've talked about it a lot. Let's jump into number 3 in our outline. We're talking about being adopted. We're created in this state to be in relationship with God, separated by sin, separated from our father, reflecting throughout the culture the separation of fathers from children. But now the good news is laid before us that we are indeed as followers of Jesus adopted. Why? Because through Christ God changes us from estranged orphans to adopted children. So can we know God personally? Well, in and of ourselves, no. You don't adopt yourself. Can God know us, and in knowing us, can we find him again? Yes. Now, this talk of orphans, for some, maybe you have been adopted, maybe you have been an orphan, uh, may, even in the language being discussed, may be challenging for you. But for all of us, we have to acknowledge that's language that Jesus uses. Let's look at John chapter 14, verse 18. It says, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. So what's going on here, right? It's, I'm not gonna leave you alone, Jesus says. Just earlier, he says in this very passage, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. They know that he's going to die on the cross for our sin and in our place, and the promise is that we would not be as orphans. Now, it's interesting that, depending on your Bible, this John 14, verse 18, could be translated different ways. As a matter of fact, uh, Warren Wiersbe, who's the former pastor of this church, explained it this way, because in some translation, it says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you comfortless. But Wiersbe explains, quoting Wiersbe, the word translated comfortless in John 14, 18 literally means orphans. We are not alone, abandoned, helpless, and hopeless. Wherever we go, the Spirit is with us, so why should we feel like orphans? There is no need to have a troubled heart when you have the very Spirit of God dwelling in you. So being adopted and now in a relationship with God through Christ, we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and we're in a personal relationship We're in a relationship with our father why because we have a rescuer he came and got us we have a rescuer he came and got us now that changes everything but let's look at galatians chapter 4 that speaks of this it says but when the fullness of time had come god sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law this wasn't that long ago that we celebrated christmas right born of a woman this is the virgin birth bethlehem the miracle born under the law to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption. We're just going to leave this up here for one second, but adoption as sons. You say, Ed, I don't want to be adopted as a son. I'm a daughter. Well, okay, as the uh, husband of one wife and the father of three daughters, I, I get that. But there's something going on here. There's a reason that this does not say adopted as children. Let's keep looking. It says this, and because you are sons... God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Those last few words after the final comma point us to something significant. And if a son, then an heir through God. You see, here Paul writes to the church at Galatia, and he says, you're adopted as sons. And that may seem like a strange thing because we, we saw earlier, he made us male and female. So why adopted as sons? Well, some, some Bible translations there help us, and they say uh, adopted as children or sons and daughters. And, and I get what they're trying to do, but I think it misses something very significant. In that day, being adopted as sons meant you were an heir. That first son was the heir of what was to come. So, if you were adopted in this way, adopted as a son, then an heir through God. So, if you're a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, you're adopted as a son. You're still a man and a woman or a boy and a girl. But adopted as a son means you become an heir. And you can say things like, Abba, Father. Now, Abba is an interesting word. I, sometimes people compare it to saying daddy. It's a personal word that speaks of a personal Relationship. When my, when my first daughter was born, she's, she's 20 now, and, but when she was first born, I had one goal in life, and that was to get her first word to not be mommy, but to be daddy. <laughs> Is that a little competitive or what? So I'd come home and say, daddy, 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 daddy. And her first word was neither, so it was a little <laughs> disappointing in that. But, you know, the way we pronounce words, um, particularly the way children pronounce words, sometimes point to an intimacy, right? So, my, uh, I, remember, <laughs> I remember as a young man deciding, I mean, I guess I was not even, I am just a kid. I remember deciding that I wasn't going to call my father daddy anymore, and I remember deciding I wasn't going to call him dad anymore, I was going to call him father, and those were like, like moments for me that were, I had to not sound like a child in the presence of my family or my friends. But what's interesting is, is that I have a very different view with my own children. And they have a very different view as well. Last night as I walked into the house, uh, night before last, excuse me, as I walked into the house, I had been uh, traveling in from Orlando. I walked in, and my middle daughter was there, and she said, Daddy's home. You see, my desire, and it's certainly up to them, my desire is there'll never be a time when Daddy is not the appropriate term to speak of someone who loves them that much. So the word Abba has that kind of feel, Abba. Right? Think of the ways that children and cultures around the world take a couple of syllables and put them like mommy, daddy, Abba. Abba, father, it speaks of. Now, again, we don't want to overread into the totality of this one word, but it says God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father, now you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, an heir to God. So you have been redeemed, brought back. You have been adopted into God's family as the original intent, and the Spirit seals and makes real the adoption for us. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, you might be saying at this point, well, wait a second, where do I fit in this? Well, that's what we're inviting you to consider today. Maybe you're watching online, maybe a friend has brought you this day through the wind and the cold to Moody Church, because over the last seven weeks we've been going through, this is the seventh week of a series, where we've been saying to you what ultimately is brought together today, is that you can be adopted by God into a personal relationship through what Jesus has done on the cross, dying for your sin and in your place, and then you get a name back. Like that that sad John Hancock building. Soon to be named the Stetzer Tower. (laughs) But look at 1 John 3.1. It says this. It says, See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. What a powerful thing to be called. And so we are. But I want you not to miss this. This is written to Christians. So if you're a follower of Jesus as imperfect and as struggling and maybe as you feel that you have fallen short at the end of the day you are called a child of god and so you are but the implication is clear and should be understood is that if you're not a follower of jesus you've not received by grace and through faith the good news of the gospel if you've not received christ and been indwelt by his holy spirit you are not called a child of god now in a sense we're all made in god's image We can speak of that way that every person in the world, whether a follower of Jesus or not, is made in the image of God and worthy of dignity and respect. But I want you to be named a child of God. See, we come back, right, in a sense, to this created order the way it was supposed to be because of his love, by believing in Jesus, this brings us to this family that we are created to be in right so john 1:12 puts it this way but to all who did receive him who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of god now don't miss this there is a response on your part receive now what does that mean well there's a gift that has been created that's been offered that is before us Jesus death on the cross for your sin and in your place is the greatest gift ever given God the son born Jesus the Christ lives a sinless life dies on the cross for your sin in your place as you receive by grace and through faith you are reconciled to your father and yet there's something in us that knows we need reconciliation to our father Ernest Hemingway once wrote a uh, short story called the capital of the world. He told the story of an estranged relationship between a teenage son and his father. The son actually had, um, had sinned against the, the dad and in shame had run away. And the father wanted to um, forgive the son, wanted to be in a right relationship with the son. But he searched all over Spain but couldn't find him and couldn't find the boy. Finally, he was desperate. And he took out an advertisement, the story tells. He took out an advertisement in the city of Madrid newspaper. And he says this, just desperate, he says, Paco, meet at Hotel Montana, noon Tuesday, all is forgiven, Papa. That's all he wrote. Paco, meet at Hotel Montana, noon Tuesday, all is forgiven. The father hoped and the father prayed that somehow his son would see that, maybe, and he would come to the Hotel Montana. So on Tuesday, the Ernest Hemingway tells the story. He, the father in the story comes and arrives at the Hotel Montana and could not believe his eyes, maybe not in the way that we might expect, but by then a squadron of police officers had been called out to keep order among the 800 boys named Paco <laughs> who had come to meet their father in front of the Hotel Montana. 800 of them read the ad, thought and it, hoped it was for them. 800 Pacos came to receive the forgiveness that they so desperately needed. Brothers and sisters, through Christ, God changes us from estranged orphans to adopted children. The invitation is before us, the response. The response comes now, how? Well, let's see the result. There's a change that's going to come. Number four on our outline is changed, right? We see this change created, separated, adopted, ultimately changed what does this change look like ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 speaks of it It says therefore be imitators of god as beloved children we're gonna grow and be more like jesus because now we're named children walk in love as christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to god so that change is going to come knowing god and living life as sons and daughters now changes how we live you don't have to have heavenly Father issues. You don't. See, walking in love, imitating Jesus, these things happen when we know and they're in that right relationship. That order, created order, is back where it should be. I don't miss this, right? Because here's the truth about knowing God personally God loved, God gave, right? We believe, we receive. It's the Father who has made the effort to us. And maybe over the last six, seven weeks, you've heard over and over again that your heavenly father has sent his son so that you might know and respond. And maybe like one of the Pacos at the Hotel Montana, maybe you've been coming and saying, how do I receive that forgiveness? See, the entire reason that that we're gathering, doing this series is that you might know that Jesus came to earth so that everyone who trusts in him can know God personally, the relationship we were created to be in. It says this in Romans chapter 8, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and have children than heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. When I first heard this message in a broken home with a broken relationship with a father, I couldn't imagine that my heavenly father could replace so much of what I was missing in my own life, but I realized eventually that that's what relationship looks like. See, let me share a few ways. People say, what does it mean to have a personal relationship with Jesus? That means like there's a guardian angel walking next to you, having an ongoing conversation? No, no. But here's… Let me share a few ways, right? I know I'm adopted. I know i'm forgiven and i know i'm loved and i want you not to miss that because that changes everything about how i see the world right don't don't miss that right we because and i know that his spirit dwells within me so on a regular basis i'm convicted i'm changed and i'm guided i'm convicted by the holy spirit to do this or that or not do this or that I'm changed on a daily basis to be made more like Christ as I engage his word, grow in fellowship with others and more, and I'm guided by his Holy Spirit. So I am now, not because of anything I have done, not because I'm better than anybody else, but ultimately because I, like you, have a heavenly father. He loved me enough to send his son Jesus, and on August 13th, decades ago, I received that truth, that gospel. That person see through Christ God changed me from an estranged orphan to an adopted child and that changes everything so you've walked through this series with us maybe you've been watching online maybe you have been here maybe this is your first time you want to catch up but I want to say to you this this is the message that we have for you it's not that Moody Church is awesome it's not that our music is great or our preaching is decent or whatever It's ultimately this simple message. Through Christ, God changes us from estranged orphans to adopted children. And I want to invite you today, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, to indeed respond to that reality. Because again, you'll walk in a new kind of relationship. I must tell you, it doesn't mean that everything goes perfect in my life or everything goes goes amazingly as I desire it to go in my life, but it does mean that now I have a relationship, a personal relationship, with the God of all the universe, who at the beginning, I said He's invisible and so big, yet He dwells in my heart and He changes me day to day. So my question for you today is, has there been something in your heart and mind that has been working on you? Maybe you felt it your entire life, something wrong in the world, You don't know what it is, but there it is like a splinter in your mind. Can I tell you? The Holy Spirit may have indeed been working in your heart today. And I want to give you the opportunity to respond by grace and through faith to what Jesus is doing in your life. How His Spirit is working in your life right now. Pastor Tim's going to come and we're going to begin to give us the opportunity to respond to to this message and, and this message series. and So to invite you to Respond to how God's working here today is a simple song we'll sing in just a moment. It's a song that expresses everything. Come, you sinners, right? 800 of them went to the Hotel Montana in that story by Ernest Hemingway. Or one of them on August 13th, decades ago, just said, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I want to walk in this relationship with you. And my life was changed. And the lives of people all around you have been changed by the power of this gospel. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray today that you might speak to us, let your Holy Spirit convict us. Just ask you, just, just bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. No one looking around. Father, I pray that you today might speak to some hearts. Father, you might remind us of your great love for us. You created us to be in relationship with you, but then we were separated by sin and the impact of that sin. But Lord, in your goodness and your grace, we're being adopted as we received by grace and through faith and then changed. Father, I pray that you would speak to men and women, boys and girls who may not yet know you. And if that's where you are right now, just in the quietness of this moment, people around you are praying, people around you are praying for you. If that's where you are, would you receive right now if that's a prayer of your heart you can pray this simple prayer with me you can just pray this you can maybe it's a prayer of your heart you can say Lord Jesus just silently to the Lord Lord Jesus forgive me of my sin Lord Jesus I receive you as my Savior I receive that I'm a child of God born again by grace and through faith I trust and follow you heavenly father you've moved me from being an estranged orphan into an adopted child father i pray for those who just now may have prayed that prayer with me i pray that you would speak to their hearts this is the beginning of a journey in their relationship with their heavenly father for just a second i want to ask you to do something with still our heads bowed and eyes closed i want to ask you to do something if you prayed that prayer with me, um, I want to ask you to do something, maybe a scary thing for you, but I'm not going to ask you to do anything more than this. But I, I want you to ask me to, I want you to, I want to ask you to just raise your hand and keep it up for just a second so I can pray for you as you make that, that next step of faith. If you just pray with me, would you raise your hand? I see your hand, ma'am. Yep, I see that as well, sir. Yeah, I see you. I see you in the balcony. Yep. Just take this moment, just in the moment of that boldness, say, I, need this adoption. Father, I pray for those who who did indeed raise their hand and say, this is how I'm responding today. And Father, for all of us, I pray that we might respond to how you're working in our hearts. Just as you continue to pray, I'm going to ask right now for our prayer partners this this moment to get up and come to their stations. I want our prayer partners to be in their stations. Because as they come, there's a reason I'm asking them to do that now. Because you raised your hand just to moment ago i want to ask you to do something that if you're willing not gonna chase you down i'm just gonna pray for you you'll see some people right up front here a couple right here right you see some people ready to pray with you if you'll take the time we'll sing and you can do it while we're singing or you can come up after the service but i want you to come and to share with them how you trusted in christ i want you i want you to trust that this is a safe place to make that response Because we're going to sing, and for many of us, we've done this very thing. We've been adopted, and we will rejoice with you as you share that with our prayer partners here. Would you stand with me, all of our congregation? Let's stand together. Father, as we sing, we give you glory, and we give you praise, and we remind ourselves again that we come as sinners who are adopted as sons, men and women, boys and girls, changed by the power of the gospel.